It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Najee Harris has a lot to say when it comes to the running back situation in the NFL. We'll talk about that and more here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Island Saunders joining today. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And as I said before, we're joined by Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Man, playing alan it's always great to have you on the show but it was not great for the entire running back community of the nfl because the franchise tag deadline came and went no new deals were offered and so saquon barkley and josh jacobs two prominent backs in the nfl are now in in the state where it looks like they might be holding out through training camp or longer and it sparks a whole bunch of backlash across the league derrick henry tweeted at this point, just take the running back position out the game. Then the ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can go, to, as they can give uh, their all to an organization, just seems like it doesn't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what we deserve. Then Najee Harris retweets that and says, I agree with my running back brothers around the NFL. History will show that you need running backs to win. We set the tone every game and run through walls for our team and lead in many ways. This notion that we deserve less is a joke now Allen, the running back value has been conversation has been going on for years it i think it really came from the analytics community who were looking at and saying like hey like they like run, you can run with running backs but you don't necessarily need them in today's nfl so if you if you're a passing offense what say you about this stance is Najee harris you know does he have a good point here or is it just the fact that the running back position is just devalued. It just it's an is what it is situation in the NFL right now. Alan, you are muted. Now you're not. Now I'm not. You got me. You're not. You're All right. Not. I don't know what I did. Um, it, I mean, this is why I chose not to be an NFL running back. I mean, this is just, <laughs> that's know, why it's the only reason. Why always? You know, I thought about it for a while, and then it was like no. Uh, <laughs> look, I mean, I think this is being overstated a little bit. Both of these guys had franchise tag offers for $10 million a year. Like yeah, we're not we're talking, we're not talking about guys that aren't getting paid. Okay. Um, I think there's something to be said for what the, the players are complaining about, but I think there's, I think the teams are right to question the validity of a long-term contract 
for running back. They have not shown to be durable enough on the long term, on average, to be worth that kind of investment. That doesn't mean that they're not worth $10 million or maybe even $15 million on a one-year deal. Like, they are. Like, if you could get one of those guys for $10 or $15 million, I think most teams would be like, yes, I will do that. Um, They're worth the money. It's not the money. It's the long-term investment, the length of the investment, the amount of guaranteed money you're putting up against future injury that I think becomes the issue. And I really do think that the value running back conversation has gotten a little bit over its skis. I really do think there is a a clear case for, in the draft, not prioritizing the running back position. I think that makes a lot of sense. Because in the draft, you have the opportunity to get those guys – you know, like, look at Broderick Jones. If he turns out to be a good offensive lineman of the Steelers, he could be their left tackle for 15 years. You were yeah. just never going to get that from a running back. And so I think that that makes some sense. I really don't I, I really don't think what we're seeing from the free agent market makes a lot of sense to me. And obviously, it hasn't been really clear what the contract demands of the players have been. That hasn't really been very well reported. So I don't really know what – the Raiders were offering that Josh Jacobs said no to or what Saquon Barkley would have needed to get to agree to a deal with the Giants. I think it's a very interesting thing that like we're having all this drama about what's happening with these players contracts and we don't know what the details were, right? Like why, where, where's that coming from? Um, and so, but I just, uh, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're over our skis a little bit to say that these guys aren't worth money or they're not worth uh, millions and millions, or not help their team. They will. They they are very it's like they're important players. Um, teams are going to need guys like that to win. It's just you know what is the length of time you want to make into investment in a guy that you know is probably not going to last beyond thirty years old. I think that's part of this. Is there there is a there is a medium ground in this conversation because there are the people who say running backs literally don't matter. Because they'll point to teams like the Chiefs and teams like the Patriots who didn't have superstar running backs as they were winning their Super Bowls, and they'll say, "See, you don't need a, you don't need a running back to, to win the Super Bowl." Yeah, I mean, um, if you have Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, you don't need much else. <laughs> I mean, that's another thing is that like those guys have won a lot of Super Bowls because of, because of who they are, and uh, yeah, so just throw them on an offense, and I guess you don't need them. But on plenty of other offenses, you do need running backs to be not just there, but to be good and to, to hang in there. And I think that some people also point to, well, you can draft like in the seventh round, like get like an Isaiah Pacheco. But again, Isaiah Pacheco ain't doing what he did in an offense without Patrick Mahomes distracting the entire team. Nobody's defense. picking Isaiah Pacheco over Nick Chubb or right. Saquon Barkley. Exactly. Like no one's saying that he's better. He's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's not going to get paid like those guys either. It's relative. Um, and I think, you know, I think there's probably a case to be made that right now the franchise tag value for running backs is too low and that we need to acknowledge that these guys have shorter careers and one year of a running back means a lot more to that guy's career income than it does to another position. And so just using the same formula like what's one year of a ki- one year to a kicker? He could play for twenty years. Like right. a running back's got like six good ones. So you know, being able to salary tie those guys for a season, like the the, the franchise tag for running back is too good of a deal for teams right now. That's what the problem is. And you would not if if the franchise tag for these guys was seventeen million instead of ten million, I think they'd be under contract right now. I, I, I really agree. I really do think that. And so. I don't think it's this like huge colossal problem. I do think the union and the league should probably take a look at what's happening and find a way to make an adjustment there 
where if you rise, if, if you increase what the franchise tag is, I think you solve most of these problems. And it's just because that one year makes so much of a difference to those guys in their, in their total career earnings that it's not fair that they could be franchise tagged twice. Like that, if you play, if you play average running backs, rookie five year, four or five year deal, and then two franchise tags, that's it. That's all they're getting. Like they're they're not going to go get another deal after that, like another position will. And so I, I think that we should acknowledge that these guys just don't play as long, and find a way to make the whole system a little bit more fair. I don't think the teams are acting um, out of like prejudice or 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 in a bad way. They're they're just playing the field as it has been laid out by the rules. And I think that's I where that, the problem yeah. is. No, I agree with that. I think that the, the teams are just looking at how, what the, what, what the market is right now and how, how things roll and they're, and they're going that way. But to your point, uh, there are guys who are there, they are playing a lot of great ball. I mean, Derek Henry is a guy, he's been a warrior for the Titans. He's carried them. Uh, and and he, you know, he's making the point that like, Hey, like for example, Saquon Barkley, not getting a contract. Uh, with, with the with the long term contract. Now you pointed out, yes, it's ten million dollars for the franchise tag, and that is that is good money. But like, we, though there were multiple reports that came out and said like, oh, uh, Saquon Barkley was offered this, and then each on one he was like, cap, nope, that that was that was a lie. Like that's not what I was offered, and so we don't know what they what he was offered. But Saquon Barkley, you take him off that uh, off that Giants team. He's gonna he's gonna go from Dan, Danny oh. Dimes is gonna go from Danny Dimes to Peter Penny because it's about to get it's, it's about to be really bad over there because what Saquon Barkley does for that offense uh, it's not the same thing that that Patrick Mahomes does for the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes is just amazing but he is the focus it's like how Derrick Henry's that you take Derrick Henry off the field Ryan Tannehill don't look nearly as good um, you know it's it's part of the package there and that's again why running backs I, I think we're gonna see what that looks like in Minnesota this year without Dalvin Cook. I think you are going to yeah. see that, um, yeah. you know, as, as as much as that is. I want to talk more with you about this topic because I think there's a few other angles we want to get here. Uh, and I want to talk about Najee's future and the Steelers' future as far as how do they invest in this offense. We'll talk about that in a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Alan Saunders. But first, before we do anything else, I want to talk to you guys about FanDuel Sportsbook because they sponsor this episode. You can take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your your first bet in the amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose on your first bet when you sign up at FanDuel Sportsbook today. That 200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to over-under to who you think is going to hit the first round home run in the game you're watching tonight all an app that's safe secure and super easy to use plus when you win you can get paid instantly there's no better place to bet on major league baseball than FanDuel, america's number one sports book so sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to 200 in bonus bets that's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel official partner of major league baseball if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back. 
back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. He's Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, the running back position, just keeping with this statement here before we focus specifically on Najee Harris. It all I mean it's happening across the board. Like Joe Mixon, a guy, he took a $4.39 million pay cut this year, and he's taking a $4.67 million pay cut the year after that. And he's a guy who he's doing that to stick with uh, to stick with the Bengals. And he's not 30. He's 26. Like he's he's right in the prime of when you want a running back. And that's a team that's trying to win a Super Bowl right now because they've got the core to, to be competitive for it. But now he's he, he and he's and he's been important to them. But now they're saying, hey, we need to free up this money to, to put it on other places. And he's taking legitimate pay cuts there. Um, and it goes in line with Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs with the Raiders also, uh, you know, not signing a long term contract. And we'll, you know, have we, we having to see how this plays out. What is the future of the NFL? Like, do you think like you, you're the solution you mentioned as far as finding a different pay scale for running backs because of the uniqueness of their situation? Is that a legitimate potential future the NFL has? Or do you think this just continues round and around until you know, the running back position becomes super valuable again in the NFL? I think you would have to get to a point where the league saw that it was harming the product. And I'm not sure mm-hmm. that we're there yet. Um, because obviously the players, you know, like if you're the players union, yeah. Like, do you want the running backs to feel this way? No. But like at the end of the day, the players union is representing all the players and that money's going to all the play. It, you know, every dollar doesn't go to a running back is going to a quarterback or a wide receiver or a defensive end or somebody like, it's all just, you know, one guy or the other. And so I don't really think the union can stand up and say that we value these guys so much more than we value these guys that we also represent that we need to make a change. It's I think a tough spot. Where, where it would come from is if the NFL said, hey, maybe this is bad for business. Maybe, maybe this isn't the best thing for the product on the field. Uh, how can we make a change? But, you know, I'm pretty sure that these um, – the franchise values are in the CBA. So, I mean, I think that would have to be something where the league and the union would have to be in lockstep in uh, to make some kind of change. I'm not sure if it will be a quick change. I do think something is possible uh, to make this work down the road to make things a little bit more fair. I mean, I think the real fear if you're the NFL is like, okay, what happens if young guys stop wanting to be running backs? Then how does our game work? Right? Like, I think that's, that's the big picture problem that I think the NFL needs to solve, uh, but I wouldn't expect it to be like, I'm not, it's not going to be fixed next year. I'd, I'd be really surprised no. if they are able to move something like that quickly, even by the time that we're talking about a contract for Najee Harris, I would be pretty surprised if we're not dealing with the sort of exact same uh, paradigm in place when it comes to running backs and their contracts. Well, that's what I wanted to get to next here is that, Najee Harris, that's a legitimate question here. And I, I want oh, to give a shout out. It's it's a hell of a AI segue. can't do that. This is real professionals here. <laughs> exactly, right here. And that was that was just reading like a book and uh and working there. Now I will say uh we had a question from my man Nathan Glass on this on this. We won't play it because uh, I don't want to get to your point here. But Nathan Glass asked this this very question. He's a fan of the show. By the way, you can always call in to 412-223-6644 uh, to get your question on the show. Leave your name, where you're from, and keep your question under a minute. We're going to try to get to a bunch of calls this week because a lot of you guys have been calling in. Just not this show, probably the next three shows. But um, – Alan, his point, his question was, what's going to happen with Najee Harris? Because you look at at his situation right now, and he's entering his third season, which means at the end of this season is when the Steelers are going to have to make the the fifth year extension is question 
uh, and and answer that. And right now, not Najee Harris is a three point five million million dollar cap hit on the Steelers uh, in 2024. That will jump up to four point one million dollars, and those are all reasonable prices. But he's going to want to get paid when he when, after that point. And when he when and when he does hit 2024. He's going to be 26 years old, so that means if he gets his, his his fifth year extension, he'll be then 27 years old. And then if you sign him after that, do you sign a 27 year old running back in today's NFL? What do you see happening with Najee Harris? Is, is does he just play his rookie deal and that's it, or do the Steelers find a way to keep him around? Well, I think the Steelers are kind of in the same boat with a lot of these teams. I I would expect that they'll use the fifth year option on him. I think that's a pretty easy one to do. I would expect that they would be interested in some kind of contract extension. And if you remember, the Steelers did make Le'Veon Bell an offer. It wasn't a really good offer, the offer that he wanted, um, but it was a legitimate offer. And I think that's where we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves with a lot of this conversation. Is that like, you know, if the if the Giants offered Saquon Barkley like three thirty two, then he probably should have just taken it. And shut up! Like I don't know. Like that's that's a pretty good deal. Like, I, you know, I think that's, that's you know, where we're at. And so, actually, 32 is probably not. 336. All right. But um, I think the Steelers will probably offer Najee Harris some kind of contract like that. You know, it's not going to be this, you know, second contract. It's not going to be an Alex Highsmith deal. Like, we're not going to be talking about it like that. Um, I think that they will be, you know, a little bit tempered like the league has been in terms of their enthusiasm for giving a lot of money to a running back long-term. I will say this, Najee Harris is a big dude and seems to take care of his body pretty well. So if you had to pick a running back that would be a better bet to make a long-term deal with, I think he would be one of those guys. Um, So, you know, the Steelers aren't necessarily a team that's afraid to buck the trend. It wouldn't really surprise me if they go out and sign Najee Harris, especially because coming right before Kenny Pickett, contract would be up it actually kind of yeah. gives them a little bit of like certainty if you have Najee under contract like, okay, here's what we're doing with running back it's taken care of now we can figure out how to get Kenny's money in here if and then that's really I mean and that's why I think you just got to go through the steps because who knows that they're going to want to sign Kenny to a contract extension right now that's a long way away but I think you know you just you play out the fifth year Maybe there's a franchise here. Maybe there's an offer for a bridge contract or something like that. I don't think we're going to see uh, Le'Veon Bell offer to anybody anymore, though. And I, I I agree. I think that those those days. I mean, I, I think you have to be truly special. And let's face it, Le'Veon Bell was truly special to that to the to the, that, that era of the Steelers. Yeah, well, he hasn't been like that good either. Like not like he like probably doesn't deserve compared to Le'Veon Bell yet. Yeah, and it's, and there's a yet in there because Le'Veon Bell also played behind prime Marquise Pouncey and Dave DeCastro and Marcus Gilbert and that whole crew, uh, Ramon Foster and those guys. They were dominating, and it gave him a chance to shine. Najee Harris hasn't, you know, has kind of been behind a makeshift offensive line that's making things happen. But if Najee Harris wants to get paid in the NFL, the big bucks, he's got to make it happen this year so that he can, so that when it's going into that that fifth year extension, this the question, it's not, it's not a question for the Steelers. They just do it. He sticks around for two years after this one, and then the Steelers can see, all right. Here's what we can afford to pay you. But I want to talk to you about the Steelers' future investment plans on offense as far as how they invest because they've committed a lot of money on defense now, but how there's always that cycle where 
you know, one part of your team gets old and ages off. Another part of your team needs to pick up the slack and be the playmakers. We'll talk about what the Steelers need to do there if they want to keep moving forward and how Omar Khan might take some tips from what happened with Kevin Colbert when they tried that all here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, want to talk more about the Steelers plan here, because your point about Najee Harris is totally valid, and right and is, and is right in lockstep with, I think, a lot of people's thoughts, is that right after, if the Steelers were to pay Najee Harris, right after they pay, they'd pay him, it most like, it, like, if everything's coming true, you'd want to pay Kenny Pickett, and you'd also want to pay George Pickens, um, and those become then that those start to add up really fast. And if you look at how the team is structured right now, I'm not so I, yeah, it, it then becomes a big question. Where does that money come from? Because you're assuming probably at that point in time, uh, TJ Watts contract is still going. Maybe Cam Hayward's retired by then. Cause again, we're talking two, three years down the line. Who knows? Uh, maybe Patrick Peterson's off the book. But books, but you're probably still looking at hey at uh, at Watt being there, Fitzpatrick being there. You're probably and, and as you're paying these guys, you you're also going to be considering Pat Fryermuth also on the other uh, guy to be on the books there. And it just becomes a question: where would where would the, if you were the Steelers and let's say all of these guys come in at really good value? Najee Harris improves as a running back. Pat Fryermuth is a good red zone target. Kenny Pickett's your franchise quarterback. Uh, and if, if, and then uh, George Pickens is a phenomenal receiver. You can't pay everybody. What do you who, what do you prioritize there? Obviously, Kenny Pickett. If, if he's the man, you get you keep your quarterback. But giving him the right weapons is going to be essential. I think it just depends on what they're able to do in the interim. You know, it, it's unlikely that like all those guys are going to pan out, right? I mean, I think that's that's clear. It's just you know, Kenny Pickett clearly is the guy. If 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 there's one that you need to pay, it's your quarterback. But, you know, I don't think that – look, I mean, not like we said, like Najee Harris has not proven that like without an elite offensive line in front of him that he can be that guy to carry the load and be a productive runner and, and on a great basis and be, you know, a guy who's like four, you know, four yards or carrier over like an elite running back is. And so I'm not sure that you would prioritize him. I also could say like, you know, I can pick holes in everybody's game, right? Like George Pickens hasn't proven that he can be a – and, and every route receiver and not just a deep threat down the sideline. And Pat mm-hmm. Fryermuth is still like not a very good blocker and, and has a lot of work to do in that area. So I think it's just about who really becomes that player that you, you feel like you want to prioritize and in what order, you know, like that, those things, you know, just cause that's the way their rookie contracts are spaced out right now, where you have the older guys first and then, you know, Fryermuth and, and Najee and then pick it and pick like, that doesn't mean they're going to grow at the same rate. You know, maybe, right. maybe the Steelers, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Pickett, they, they, 
you know, he's just okay. And then they sign him to, to you know, a smaller contract and then he kind of takes off. Or maybe uh, they do a bridge deal with Najee Harris and then, um, you know, they want to do something. Um, maybe uh, you know, George Pickens takes a few years to really become that elite receiver that I think he can be. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to say. I, obviously, they don't have enough money to pay them all if they all pan out to be great. I think you just sort of file that under good problems to have and hope that you want a Super Bowl in the meantime uh, because that's probably what you should do if you have all that going that well for you. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that you can really map it out until we know how they're going to develop. And I still think the Steelers are going to be a team that spends more on defense than average. It's just sort of their – DNA. Uh, yeah. I don't expect that to change. That's why I do think that Alex Highsmith will get a contract here um, because I don't think they're going to see I that agree. as some sort of impediment to their future plans on offense. I think they're just going to do it and they'll figure it out later. I, I kind of feel you on, on that one. I think it's also interesting to look at, and, and the reason I brought up uh, Omar Khan versus Kevin Colbert in, the, in that situation there. Kevin Colbert went through a situation that I think could be on the Steelers' hands in the next four or five years when Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt are older. You know, Cam Hayward's probably gone by then. Uh, you're, you know, maybe you're hoping Joey Porter Jr., Alex Highsmith, some of your younger guys are stepping up on defense, but there are going to be legitimate questions as far as how to handle that. And one thing Kevin Colbert did, they tried to, you know, they missed on some some picks that if they if those picks had materialized in the early 2010s, maybe we're talking about things different. You know, they draft Jason Worlds in the second round, looked like he was starting to figure things out, and then he quit, uh, you know, for for his religion. And then um, uh, you draft Jarvis Jones in the first round. If he be turned turns it into a key edge rusher, it was like just kind of an okay pick, you know, right? Wasn't. So like they missed on some defensive picks, but they were landing the offensive picks to kind of rebuild the offensive line, rebuild the receiver room after Santonio Holmes's problems, and that it, it kind of became it kind of became the thing where the Steelers' pri- priorities shifted, or at least their success shifted. They, they they shifted from being one of the top defensive teams in football year in and year out to being a, a an above average to sometimes great offense. Um, you know, with with that situation, so. I wonder if how Kevin Colbert handled it then is informing Omar Khan how to handle it now and to get out in front of this because I can totally see it happening where, um, you know, the defense is getting older and they're not finding all the answers um, and they need the offense to start putting up points. And uh, it's going to take take some effort there, I think, to plan around it and make the right investments to keep the right guys, but also to know – which guys to get rid of and to re- go back and go get the right, go get more guys in the draft to fill in for those spots. Yeah. I think that's something that's sort of, again, like we don't really know, right? Like one of the things you could always kind of count on when Colbert was running the team, that Steelers were pretty good at drafting wide receivers. They were also pretty good at finding offensive linemen either later in the draft or not in the draft at all. Right. I mean, those that line that you're talking about, I mean, Pouncey and DeCastro were first round picks, but Alejandro Villanueva was undrafted. Ramon Foster was undrafted. Matt father was undrafted. Like they got a lot out of it a little at the offensive line. And obviously they've been notorious for getting a lot out of little at the wide receiver position. I can't sit here and say that those are going to continue. Obviously the offensive line part of that did not continue. We saw a very dramatic downturn in in their outcomes there and um, sort of led to where we are now with them putting a lot of resources into those positions this off season. 
Will they continue to draft wide receiver really well? I don't know. They'll probably continue to draft something really well. They're a pretty good drafting team, and they put a lot of time and effort into it. It'll just be about figuring out what you're good at, what you're maybe ahead of the league at. I think that's the one thing I think is the biggest difference between Omar Khan and Kevin Colbert is that Omar is a lot more in tune with what is going around the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I think like where maybe the Steelers' um, comparative advantages might lie. Like – there's there's something where okay this is what we're good at but also like this is just what we're better than everybody else at and those aren't necessarily the always same the same thing yeah um you know it's great if you pick the first round pick that everybody thought was good and he turns out to be good that's a good pick uh, but if you have a player that maybe you think you're ahead of people on for some reason then that's different and I think Omar will have to be very self-aware about what the Steelers are doing well and what they aren't doing well and how that goes into the future plan is just the way we saw it play out under Colbert, right? He knew they were good at the offensive yeah. line and wide receiver. And so he did not, you know, he let those guys go. He, he let them leave in free agency and he brought in new players that he thought he could replace them with. And maybe in another place like corner where they struggled to draft and develop, Oh, let's yeah. go get a Joe Hayden. Um, oh, you know? And so I think, uh, that's that's what it's that is going to be one of the most difficult parts of the job for for Omar moving forward is finding if it's the same things if it's different things what are the Steelers advantages and what are they good at and then finding ways to weaponize those in terms of being able to be young in some areas and still be productive because those young players are such assets against the salary cap they are and it's important to find guys like that that kind of carry you through those those tough moments where like like right now the Steelers offense if they can strike right now like let's say let's say they become a top 10 offense this team becomes ridiculous because then you're you've invested all this money in the defense but you've invested picks in the offense and then that's when and then you're seeing that balance of the young offense leading the way in the points but also the uh the more experienced and more talented defense figuring things out and holding games down uh, right, so and I, mean, I think that might actually be the answer to your earlier question is like, mm-hmm. okay, so let's say the Steelers drafted Pat Fryermuth in the second round and George Pickens in the second round and Kenny Pickett in the late first round and Najee Harris in the first round and they all turn out to be good and they can't afford to keep them all. Like the right answer to who don't you keep might be which of those processes was the most repeatable. Like where mm-hmm. can we do that again? Like, can we go grab another Pat Fryermuth easily in the second round? Can we find another George Pickens in the second round? Like, right. can we just pick late first round quarter quarterbacks and be good with that? Like, most teams can't. I am highly skeptical, but like maybe. Okay, but like I think that's really the the best answer to that question is what part of that process do the Steelers think they can do over again? That's the guy you let walk, and the other ones you make sure that you keep. If that was a, hey, we got a little bit lucky here with this guy. Let's make sure we hold on to this one. It's certainly going to be a question the Steelers have to face. It's not an immediate question, but with Najee Harris's comments about the running back situation in the NFL, I think it's something that Omar Khan is planning for right now, and how the and like kind of setting up the things they're going to have to look at to be prepared for how to handle that situation, keep Najee Harris happy, or just be ready to find their new running back of the future. We'll keep you up to date with that and more here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. He's Alan Saunders. Thank you, Alan, for joining so much. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. At a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, as long as it's still working. Steelersnow.com is always working. Um, 
and uh, <laughs> you can find all my work there. Also, we tried like three thing number three to try to solve a little audio problem we've been having. So I don't know. Let me know if we did better. I hope. I don't know. We're we're we're, we're aware of the problem. We're working on it. We're working. we're aware of it. We've tried a lot of different solutions. We I we I think this is the good. This this is pretty good because I didn't hear the popping in my ear, but. You know, there's always people who will let us know as soon as it's a problem. But anyways, thanks so much, Alan, for joining us here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critique. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for all my work there on the, on the University of Pittsburgh uh, Athletic Department. And, of course, you can find me here on the Locked on Steelers podcast Monday through Friday, breaking things down on your Pittsburgh Steelers every day during the week check us out on your favorite podcasting app on youtube like this video if you enjoy it subscribe to this youtube channel to get all of your daily monday through friday episodes as well as our bonus content thanks everyone we're back tomorrow we got josh taylor on the return he'll talk to us a little bit there and we got mark caboli and jenna harner also coming on this week big week of guests we'll get to it then see you there Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.